how did you, as a black woman, persevere? We can't afford to wait for the world to be equal, to start feeling seen. And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. And hey, the world's a mess. We're all mired in despair and can't leave our homes. So let's talk politics. Now we are, <laughs> we are going over the Michelle Obama surprise documentary Becoming that did just drop on Netflix today as we record this on May 6th. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also Mike. So we needed something hopeful, something inspirational these are trying times and i'm glad that this was uh, released when it was i don't know what this is though is this a oscar sprint profile is this a movie yeah. event review like we are still unsure like if this will even be eligible for the oscars we're kind of gonna you know drift by that pretty quick today and in terms of an oscar lens or we get it out of the way right now mike because i think higher ground productions is going to push grip camp i don't think they're going to push this yeah, we just spent a good, you know, 10, 15 minutes talking about exactly what this documentary is. And, you know, it felt like a rev up to a campaign. It's it's kind of odd to be a piece that you see after uh, somebody has been in office because of how kind of blunt and honest and all the directions it takes. And it's obviously a companion piece to her biography, which is what you said. So, yeah, there's a lot of different ways this can be taken. I'm with you. I, I think, if nothing else, obviously, because the the subject of the documentary was so involved in the production as it is higher ground. That's the Obama's production company. It's clearly biased. And so you can call it propaganda in so far as if you wanted to call RBG, a piece of propaganda right. as well, that was Oscar nominated. Could this be that vein? Maybe was it going to have a theatrical rollout? It doesn't seem like it was based on what we know about it. So does mm -hmm. that mean it would have been disqualified from the jump even during this crazy 2020 year anyway? Probably, but we both agree. We don't think this at least feels like, like an Oscar movie, and even if it does, Higher Ground seems to have something else they want to pursue instead in our minds. I am glad for it, though. Let's let's say that yeah. much. Like, I'm coming out of this today, I feel so much better. It's just like a big, huge sigh of relief. We, we needed something like this. Yeah, we needed sure. something hopeful. Yes, we've been honest with everybody about our politics up till, up till now. I mean, we're very much... Uh, you know, on the blue blue state side of things, we, we are, are snowy snowflakes. Yeah, yeah, we're Democrats, and even though I mean, again, to be further honest with everybody, you know, I come from a family of Republicans. My immediate family does not really vote for Trump. They haven't voted uh, in this past election. They don't want to vote for him. Uh, I have some you know aunts and uncles who do, and I and I love all of them and I respect them as as people, even though. I, they're on the other side of things. I know a lot of people in my hometown where I work uh, that that voted for Trump, and it's it's very strange to me. And, and trying to you know rationalize why uh, it's I wish I could sh show them this or show them things <laughs> like this and a, and a lot of you know the Obama stuff that's out there because I do think it would change minds but that's not necessarily the point of this documentary either it's not trying to change the other side's mind so in that sense maybe it's not as political as I feared it might have been but it's it is hopeful and, and they, they, they kind of stick to what they you know built their careers on in that regard and I'm so grateful for that because hope and change and yes we can i needed that message today michael <laughs> yeah i think i think as far as what this what this documentary entailed and how it's not aimed at changing minds or at least trying to bring over people from the other party i think trump's name was mentioned three times total right and the first time it's not mentioned as a serious talking point until 70 minutes into this hour and 29 minute piece anyway exactly. so it's it's not it's not political as far as it's not trying to sway you one way or the other, it seems to us to be just an honest retelling of this woman's life and the impact she's had and, and how 
her worldview has been shaped and how others have shaped their worldview as a result of her, etc., etc. So we will get into all of that. Uh, like Mike alluded to and said outright, we were going to call this an OSP, but because of how it's being handled in the Oscars, we think it's going to be just a review, but nonetheless, we will handle it in the traditional way. The first half will be spoiler-free, as if you can really spoil a documentary about Michelle Obama anyway, but that's fine. We'll save the spoilers for the second half. So let's start off like we always do with the production profile for Becoming, Michael. Yeah, Becoming is directed by Nadia Hallgren, longtime documentary cinematographer turned director. Uh, she uh, did the uh, Oscar shortlisted documentary on Netflix last year after Maria in the short film category there, as well as a, as the TV miniseries, documentary miniseries, She's the Ticket. Yeah, listed subjects include the former First Lady Michelle Obama, President Barack Obama, and Phoebe Robinson, who's an actor-writer from Portlandia and Two Dope Queens, but you can also get to meet the Robinson family, including Michelle's mother, Marion, and brother Craig, who was, uh, we know as our sports junkie selves, the former head coach of Oregon <laughs> State University's basketball right. team. Uh, you get cameos from a ton of famous people, from Oprah and Conan to Stephen Colbert and Gail King, and how would you like to be so famous and so beloved by the world, Michael, that you have Oprah introducing you to a Chicago crowd someday. So that moment was was pivotal to this documentary experience, <laughs> right? Because she's having like this cinema verite, you know, interaction with her her people backstage, right? And she's getting ready for this uh, this this huge introduction at like a, a rock concert, or right. like she's a pop star and she's praying with her team, mm -hmm. and then I recognize the voice. <laughs> it was Oprah's voice, and you're like, Holy God, cow. <laughs> is like, God I, here? Well, it's just one of those things. Like this is what we're dealing with. Right. We're not exactly. dealing with ordinary people, but no, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, it's 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 wild how many celebrities show up in this in terms of the cast. We only mentioned a few, but at an hour and uh, 29 minutes long, it is pretty jam-packed. Uh, this documentary, like we said at the top, was kept a secret as as a feature film that would be you know released by Netflix and Higher Ground Productions. It was only announced like two weeks ago, and it had like one trailer and a very short ramp up to its release. Uh, today, at the time of this recording, on May 6th. Yeah, I think the Hollywood Reporters uh, noticed this one coming to light on the 27th of April, I want to say mm -hmm. that date sticks out. So, really, a really truncated timeline here. Uh, Becoming is based on Michelle Obama's book tour for her bestseller of the same name, and it's the third feature doc from Higher Ground Productions, as 2019's Oscar winner American Factory and this spring's Crip Camp have come before it. So the Obamas have checked off both the presidency and an Oscar, and I think they also have a Grammy, too, at this point. For uh, I, mean, I could be remembering that wrongly, but I think Barack does, so Michelle probably will after this year with this uh, book on tape as well. She'll EGOT at some point yeah. soon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, the plot premise reads, Joined First Lady Michelle Obama in an intimate documentary looking at her life, hopes, and connection with others as she tours with Becoming. So, essentially, as we get into our expectations here, this is a companion piece to the book. I just bought this on audible i'm gonna to listen to that book book next because i need more of this in my life right. i need that 19 hours or whatever the book is oh please you know so <laughs> you don't I need them to get out of bed in the morning <laughs> exactly yeah. so i i think the thesis statement that i kind of wanted or i think the thesis question was mike how political was this documentary going to be that's where my expectations were kind of centered 
and I, I you know, we kind of, you know, did our preamble on it. But in terms of your expectations, did you did you think this was going to be that ramp up to a campaign, or did you think this was going to be the opposite of that? Where did your expectations lie? I don't really. I, I didn't expect it to feel like I was looking at the preparations for a campaign. I also didn't expect so much about uh, the Robinson family. More so than the Obama family, which we kind of got. And the POV of this documentary certainly does shift a couple times uh, throughout. So I really wasn't expecting that. I was expecting more typical, the omnipresent narrator who's behind the scenes and telling us all what's going on, which this documentary truly wasn't. So it really didn't meet. It was different than my expectations, or certainly is a way to put it. Uh, Also, I, I, I didn't expect it to be too political because Mm -hmm. the Obamas to this day have rarely spoken uh, our current president's name by name, uh, even in their, you know, any kind of commencement speech or or paid uh, speaking engagements. They don't really address the current administration by name. They just speak in generalities about basically the golden rule and treating others how you would like to be treated. So I was expecting kind of that. And we certainly did get a lot of that. Uh, in terms of just Michelle Obama's famous phrase, you know, when anyone goes low, we go high. And this was certainly a high, go taking the high road type of thing anytime any kind of trouble in the water was brought up. And yet, I think coming off of the Michael Jordan, you know, documentary episodes that we just watched this past weekend, which is a, definitely a treatise on celebrity right. and how he was built up to almost this, you know, idol uh, for, for all people at that time. You know, we have similar levels of celebrity here, if not, you know, greater levels of celebrity. And just the way this doc was marketed or not marketed, it's so strange to me because it's almost like if Derek Jeter was the marketing manager of this documentary, they're not going in for the self-aggrandizement. And yet, what is this uh, other than that? I mean, other than, you know, something that's angling towards... Uh, a campaign, a future campaign someday, even if it's not of the, you know, in the next four years, it's probably four years after that. I mean, that's the biggest question I had. Like, was this going to launch, you know, her political campaign? Was she going to run for senator or announce that uh, she was going to be campaigning on behalf of Joe Biden, which she'll probably do? Or is Joe Biden going to pick her? I saw, I read a lot of reviews and I read a lot of previews for this movie, basically saying, if you came in with those expectations, you'll probably be a little disappointed. And we're going to get into spoilers because this movie definitely answers a lot of those in a way. But I, you know, basically what this is, is a companion piece to her book. And I was surprised about the structure of this documentary. I was surprised about how they tell her story because it's not all about her. And that was, I I guess the, the most surprising part because I I figured it was, she was going to be the subject from beginning to end. It was going to be like RBG. It was going to be like Miss Americana, the Taylor Swift movie. It's, it's not that at all. No, I I agree. And there's a bit of like the Mr. Rogers syndrome attached to this in that the, the tumultuousness that you expect to have in any documentary you don't encounter here because this person does seem to be this pure or this good or this decent of a human being. And thus they encounter a different type of adversity. And for Michelle Obama, the adversity was needing to be that perfect if she was going to be in the public eye, which she addresses. So it's not really something 
we can relate to you and I, but it's certainly something that a lot of people uh, can relate to. A lot of it speaks certainly to Black women. It speaks to all minorities, I think, uh, and it's it's a really really unique perspective. And it's a woman who's knew, had to beat every odds and knew from the outset that she was up against every odd to beat. I agree with that, and yet the obvious fix for something like that. It would be to go the cinema verite route, Mike, and it would be to show her behind the scenes, you know, having flaws, having a million flaws, but they don't do that either. No, they like don't. this was, it didn't try to be like the, I think the uh, Taylor Swift documentary was frustrating as we're getting into production values here. It was frustrating because like they had so much behind the scenes stuff and it was so staged. It felt to me it, like, all right, this is the keeping up with the Kardashians portion of the Taylor Swift documentary where, you know, everybody's just acting all crazy and, and this is who we really are. This is our hair down. You know, these, this is us with our hair down this is this is not happening in this in this documentary and it's almost it's almost sad because even when she walks off the stage of the arena floor right and she gets into the tunnel yeah she may have one moment with her husband that's brief and fleeting that seemed you know genuine that seemed like a real moment but then like you could tell she's aware of the camera when she walks into the backstage room with her family and you could tell they're aware of the camera because they're always aware of being you know watched and observed and and being basically you know just they having to be perfect all the time and and, and they're and they're frustrated with that and i could definitely see kind of the bad actors and the good actors obviously michelle obama is a pro at this now but like her mom didn't want much part of that or craig robinson's not used to that and he was saying some you know awkward older brother things throughout this so the, in terms of the production values i definitely think like this movie is a mixture between a lot of different you know styles and, and and that was a bit frustrating for me upon first watch i watched it again immediately afterwards and now i get it more because it's just like there's only one way to show this person because you're not getting her with her daughters. She refused to be filmed with her daughters at home. And that was like a, a definite, you know, barrier. And she refused to be filmed with her mom in certain points. And, you know, the, and the filmmaker talked about this in her variety interview. So there's definitely barriers set up and the, the movie's not trying to hide them necessarily. I don't think I disagree with anything you're saying, but it's, it's, it's almost to me like, she, she know like yes she is a pro and yes it must be exhausting and yes she probably has to put on somewhat of a performance for the camera but why would you feed into the other side when the other side's That's already taken all the shots that they're going to take at you anyway regardless like why give them any fodder so i can understand both sides of that coin uh, well, that, that's why it comes back to that thesis question I had. It's like, is this political? Yeah. I think Michelle Obama's like, it might have to be at some point. Like, she might be the reluctant hero in the story. Right, I kind of got that impression as well. She's going to have to run at some point, right? Right, right. and if she does, then you're certainly not going to have this. I mean, it's not an expose, you know? Right. I mean, it's, it's the farthest thing from that, and maybe it's it's a puff piece, but it's... I mean, it's not the it's not the worst thing to have a puff piece that's hopeful in a time of such True. despair because of COVID and division because of the current political climate. I mean, this isn't a bad thing to have. Just like RBG wasn't a bad thing to have at the time. It's it's, it's okay to have these things once in a while, even if they are clearly liberal leaning. And yet it's still like frustrating for me because I've seen documentaries of this vein, especially about like musicians and about about yeah, celebrities. You, did you really expect to get that with Michelle, the Michelle Obama documentary? 
I didn't. I think if I did, I would have been shocked. But I, this could never have been Grey Gardens. Let's just say that it never is going to be. It's not that Amy, real, right? Like it's you're not, not yeah. Amy. It's not behind HB. Right. Uh, VH1's behind the and music. And I, I don't think, I mean, I can't imagine anyone goes into this knowing it's the Obama production company and thinks they're going to get the dirt show. I mean, the Obamas are not, they're not that type of people. They never have been. They're always that's keeping why, their head above water. That's why there's cynicism built into the project itself. That's and they're always, yeah, they I agree. They're always welcome. Hard. I agree. I agree. And that. they knew that. They yeah. knew that. So like, all right, let's just drop this. Let's have it, you know, make a moment in time and hopefully it, it helps what we're trying to do. And I think in terms of the subjects, as we get into our review of the performances, the subjects here, Mike, this movie deflects a lot of attention from Michelle Obama, especially during the latter half to so many other people. And I think that's what I was most surprised about. Like there's a huge segment on her father, on, on Barack. There's another huge segment there. There's, there's smaller segments rather on her security guard, her fashion designer, her number two, her number one aide there, M- Melissa. There's a, a segment about, uh, you know, a few of the kids in terms of we, we go and we follow the kids from those, you know, circular roundtable discussions that she keeps having with high school kids. And we get to do a day in the life with one kid, then the next kid, then the next kid later in the film. Like you don't get a ton of Michelle Obama in the latter half of this documentary. I was floored by that. Yeah, you don't. But the stuff you do get, I would say, and this is why I think maybe the, these evil stories and this digging up dirt, maybe it, it just doesn't exist because she knew she was up against it from even a very young age. But the, the stuff you do get of her i thought humanized her i mean we were talking one of our favorite both of our favorite parts was the for lack of a better term ball busting back and forth between her and her brother that we've yeah. never really seen that you know you and i having brothers of our own have grown up to, everybody with a sibling that they've at one point had to live with has had between themselves and that's something we never really saw before so there was this human side i thought that was brought out of her that you do kind of get when you do in, in classical documentaries or other documentaries, cinema verte, like you put it, where you do get that human humanity side between the, the push of good versus evil in someone's background, because you don't have those stories here. They had to figure out a different way to bring it out. And the way they brought it out was by honing in, I think on her impact in these people's lives, these high school students, her family, immediate yeah. family members, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, the filmmaker kind of knew what she was getting yeah. into. And I think uh, Hallgren, does a lot of the shifting. And I, and I almost think like Michelle Obama is directing her to do so almost being as the subject, like a player coach and directing the, the storyline because she, she's such a pro at this. She's able to handle the, the, this situation of being looked at all the time. So she's able to drive that. Right. And I, I definitely have a couple spoilers that I want to hit on in a minute where these like things clash because uh, one of those moments you just mentioned, her brother, Craig Robinson, breaking her chops about, about her high belt. And, right. and <laughs> like, that was my favorite part of the movie because it was like and arguing a over moment. who's got the better wine collection and, and who yeah. mom's, who, what mom likes, who's wine better. Yeah. All that stuff. It I was a that. humanizing moment. Right. And when I see my brother, after not seeing him for a while i'll be like the first thing i'll say to him probably because i'm you know i haven't seen him in a while it's just like why is your shirt so exactly. small yeah exactly you know, and I, i'd say the same thing to you it's yeah. just my awkward way to you break get, your you get the hay out of the way and then if the next thing isn't some kind of degrading comment towards them it's not really family <laughs> yeah maybe you should trim your beard it's starting to look very pubic 
I can't wait face. to get I cannot wait to get a haircut <laughs> and a shave after all this nonsense is over. I look disgusting right now. Well, it's funny how all my criticisms of my younger brother, the same criticisms I have from you with with you well, and we got you guys are reason, friends for that. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you became friends for a reason. You we galvanized over up, our hatred of you. That's all it was really. Our hatred of older brothers. You walked up to each other at a party, and uh, you both had the same size shirt. Right, exactly. With the same body type. Exactly. I don't understand. But I've always been about a foot taller than John anyway, so mine was like a midriff all my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Wear larger shirts. Wear a double X. Wear an XL. Well, big what is sexy, wrong with both of you guys? Big sexy is a phrase in the lexicon for a reason, Michael. I'll remind you again. I have the same problem. <laughs> I wear extra large T-shirts. I think this is the point of the conversation everyone thought we were going to get to when reviewing the Michelle <laughs> well, Obama doc. It was great that they got into that, you know, just behind the scenes, and then yeah, Craig I Robinson agree. couldn't help himself. It was uh, it was probably one of my favorite that. parts of the, the entire viewing experience. But that's I think that's one of the goals that this wanted to accomplish as well, and I thought it did so successfully. Like, yeah, you're not getting a lot of hard-hitting information that you didn't know, but maybe you can relate to Michelle Obama in a different way. And if you can't relate to her struggle as a, as a young black woman— uh, growing up and going to these Ivy League schools, then maybe you can relate to her from just a familial level, which I we both were able to. I, I, th- I thought it's a fascinating project, let's just say. I, I'm going to ha- have a few more negatives off the bat here in spoilers, but I have a ton of positives. I, I think this is one of those movies that, especially if you're a Democrat these days, watch this. I don't know if it's going to the other side of the aisle and changing people's minds about the Obamas. A lot of the reviews I read by smarter men than we, they, they say basically you're going to come out what you came in with. Uh, I, I don't can't know if see that's it going true. any other way, to be honest yeah. with you, because uh, like the Obamas are so polarizing politically that it seems like you just are what you are and have always been with them. Like, if you don't like them, I'm sure you're going to watch this and think, oh, my God, what a ridiculous waste of time and money. This is just an aggrandizing puff piece. Half this stuff can't be true, blah, blah, blah. But if you're a fan of the Obamas, you're going to watch this and see hope and see, a, you know, a reason for optimism and a reason for kindness. And, and all. I, I just think it's one of because you're not getting it goes back to that thing that you've been talking about, Mike. You're not getting a whole bunch of new info. You're just getting different perspectives which i think can be helpful and if you're one if you're of the type in the middle uh where you try to listen to the other side's perspective then maybe you will glean something that you didn't know but i would doubt by and large that happens to a lot of uh viewers and yet we both say watch this absolutely absolutely (laughs) (laughs) come back come back (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's a perfect way to get the spoilers. Spoilers ahead! This is a spoiler warning. Spoilers. 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 Mike, Mike, and Oscar, Oscar's friend, spoilers! 
This is the spoiler section for the Michelle Obama documentary Becoming that just dropped on Netflix. If you have not seen the movie already, uh, if you still have eardrums left after the way I ended the non-spoiler section, this is a good place for you to hit pause. Go to your Netflix, go watch the movie. We'll be here waiting for you to come back and hit play. If you've seen Becoming already, if you're just curious to hear our thoughts or if we've hyped up the spoiler section for you so much in the non-spoiler section that you cannot possibly go another minute without hearing our takes on them, this is where you want to be. All spoilers for the Michelle Obama documentary Becoming brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Uh, Michael, we ended the non-spoiler section with me in a lunatic rant, so I kind of forget where we were. Where were we? Well, I kind of wanted to start off by getting some of our worst out of the way, and I have a immediate carryover and then a worse. So I think I think the immediate carryover, it's about how her guidance counselor didn't think she was Princeton material and how that still to this day made her quote unquote salty. And I just thought that was, it, it blew my mind how she's basically Michael Jordan in that moment. Cause we, we've just been watching yeah. the last dance, watching that over and over again all week, right? It comes on every Sunday. We rewatch it during the week. And Michael Jordan a couple weeks ago told the story of how he was cut from his high school basketball team. And this is the same story right. with Michelle Obama being told that she can't go to Princeton. But okay. Can't that in and of itself be seen as not only more humanizing because she does obviously carry a chip on her shoulder from that experience still to this day. That's obvious. But two, can't that also be kind of seen as, as proof that she does have these faults, just like every other human, like she's not playing holier than thou. And I truly didn't think any part of this documentary was her coming off as holier than thou, but she's human. She carries resentment towards this woman that was in her life that she vehemently disagreed with from a young age and still does. But she's practiced the art of going high and taking the high road so often. But that's that my point. Right, right. So it I, doesn't I'm arguing, get it's not. Is this not the exception that proves that rule? That you know, you wanted to see more of her dirt. Well, maybe this is what qualifies as dirt in their eyes. Michael Jordan kind of goes off on his high school coaches, and then he basically proves them wrong ferociously for the rest of his life. And he does it with like the eye of the tiger, and you know, taking a lot of people's pride with him along the way and, you and see money antenna. right michelle <laughs> obama it's kind of it's a fleeting moment where she's like damn i'm gl-, you know she tells that story about well that guidance counselor isn't here anymore somebody told her when she revisited her high school right right Years and later. it's very anti michelle obama i completely agree with you it's very but that's like a moment type. I wanted much more of that, and I wanted much deeper than that. I wanted to see a fully real, more fully realized person. Yeah, I'm, I'm so not, guarded. I guess. I'm not arguing with you. I would like to see that too. Uh, my, what if that just it doesn't exist? What if these are truly two people that know that because they are, you know, they were young, black, highly educated people. They knew they were going to have every prejudice in the world thrown at them anyway. What if they were two people who just were raised by, on that, as they both seem to have been by their parents, who knew from a young age they had to be perfect in everything they did, whether that's fair or not, obviously it's not. And what if that's just who they are? What if they truly don't have these glaring issues? I mean, we're not even talking about paying off prostitutes that you sleep with to have them stay quiet during a presidential campaign. I'm, like, what if you just, there's just two people who don't have these glaring faults? Is that possible? No, it's not possible. You I mean, they have anyway. all- there's no way they have their faults too, and I, I believe they do, and I believe it's like coming to the surface a few times in this doc where she's angry, like she's angry with the voters that didn't vote. Period. Right. right. She's angry with the uh, people that uh, that uh, you know criticized her when, during the start of the 2008 campaign when she became fair game like Barack because she was basically becoming a candidate in her own right. Yeah, she had to become she was more so effective. Yep. 
she had to become more scripted and she was angry about the fact that she was being portrayed as an angry woman, right? She was being portrayed like it was literally coming out of Bill O'Reilly's mouth in this movie. So I think I, I would like to get into that more. I think that would show more humanity. I knew we weren't going to get that, especially after a certain point. However, like it, it's frustrating and it, and it's frustrating to watch her as such an operator in the scenes where she's at the book signing and people are just coming up to her and she is there and they're bawling, crying or they're, you know, patting their, and, and they're just having this super awkward moment that's excruciating. And she knows exactly how to handle that. And then she gives us her how to on handling book signings. And it's very and it's, it's very much like a, a treatise on you know, you need to look people in the eye and this is her strategy. And I wish we can get into more of that because when you get into more of that, I think you flush it all out because there's, there's parts of it that is, you know, just the good political strategist would tell you how to handle people, but there's also genuine care that she has for these people as well, but that you only get the latter half. And it's just, it's frustrating as a, as a, you know, a film critic to, to watch that, I think, because I want to see the full person yeah, and I one want of those... that full person to get across because I think that person is totally votable. You're saying basically, look, even Mr. Rogers was known to have a thing against homosexuality. So like everybody has at least one glaring deep flaw that, you know, has to be fleshed out. It's kind of, you wanted to get that to the surface here. Yeah. It was never going to happen in this, in this documentary. Right. I, yeah. and I, we both like, agree on her, that. She probably has a lot of righteous anger, but of course she's got her flaws too, and and we're not going to get that here. But well, I, I yeah, want to piggyback if on that's something. a worse then that's not too bad. Though, right, I want to piggyback on something that you actually just hit on, which was one of my glaring worst too, and that's the way. I mean, you know, set your record buttons or whatever you do to tape things these days, because I'm going to stand up for Fox News here for a second. Um, oh God, the way in which Fox News was presented uh, was mm-hmm. incredibly biased. Um, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's not for a good cause, um, but it was glaring to see this documentary cherry pick quotes and uh, audio content from 2008 uh, and bring that to the surface as this, uh, I guess, a representation as Fox News has always been this wildly far right institution. I don't think that's been the case. I don't think that was the case back in 2008. I remember watching Fox News sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I think that was incredibly biased, and I thought that was a little unfair. Uh, and now, look, the counter to that, the easy counter to that was, look, these are clips were pulled for a reason, which meant that they obviously did exist, which means Fox News was on the air in 2008 mm-hmm. calling the fist bump between the Obamas on stage on election night of 2007 of, you know, could it be a terrorist fist bump and blah, blah, blah. And yes, that's outlandish. And yes, that's oh incredibly God. wrong to introduce. Right. And there's a reason that was included in the documentary. But that said... I think as a means of holding up the people that were being unfair to Michelle Obama and having pretty much all of them just be conservative punditry, I think that's a little unfair. Um, that's as far as I'll go in defense of Fox News ever. <laughs> but I, I, I can make that statement. I thought it could have been handled a little more uh, in middle of the road like. Well, this is such a highly structured documentary. I almost think in the formatting of this, therein lies the criticism in many ways. In the, right, in the I marketing agree. of this or the lack of, like just the whole, the whole ambition of this project that we don't necessarily know what it is. Th- therein lies the problem. And if you're if you don't have full transparency, that's where you get into trouble. Now. I, I still think like this is a, a very flattering portrayal of this person for a reason because she's legitimately, when compared to all other human beings, a hero, and we're proven as yes. much by these filmmakers, flesh, by, yes. by, by by Hallgren, etc. And I, I 
put her up as a hero. I put her up on a pedestal myself. And I would I would beg her to run. I would hope beyond hope that Joe Biden picks her as the VP and then, then she can run for president in the next cycle. I don't think she would accept cycle. it. I, I, uh, think she, with, I think she's waiting to run on her own, to be honest with you. I agree. And I, but don't you, wouldn't that make you feel so much better about the world? Mike, if what she would make was, me feel so much better is if she just ran right now for right. president. <laughs> Mike, how could she have not been the DOC's first call, Joe Biden's first call for every right. step yeah. of this journey? Right. Uh, she may have been. I mean, who knows? She may not have. She there was there is clearly a desire from her in this to be out of the public eye for as much as she was yeah. in it. Towards the end of this, she even passes that comment. She's, she, I don't know how much longer I can do this right now. So, so I, I, that's the scariest thing about this right. to me. Is that her being the reluctant hero or is that her literally saying, I know too much about right. this entire yeah. system of government and this entire system of politics that I will never be that. I will never be a Barack Obama and I will never run for office myself and i will only be this person that goes around on the on, on maybe a book tour here or there or helping out young people and i don't want to say that in a pejorative way like i'm only going to do uh, help every young person in the world <laughs> right, 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 like that's right, right. so bad yeah like, well my, my response would be you know batman gets sick of being batman sometimes too but he's still batman at the end of the day but that's my fear i want her to be the superhero right, i want her to right, save us right <laughs> please which is completely gotta... unfair too by the way it's unfair yeah it's totally unfair yeah but that's where we're at right now, unfortunately. And this documentary didn't give me the hope that I really wanted because I really wanted her to declare. <laughs> you, you wanted know, this to running. end with her saying, I'm going to be running alongside Joe Biden. Oh, God. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine <laughs> the story that would have been? We wouldn't be able to record because I would have lost my voice from screaming. We would have recorded a 10-episode arc on that. <laughs> Looking back at everything Netflix has ever done, this is what Netflix was for. Yeah. Give everything to Netflix. Can you imagine the hero Netflix would have been in this situation? <laughs> As but they lose I, half their subscribership, yeah. But it doesn't look like it, though, right? No, I would be very, very surprised no, it's not, if yeah, it's it not. happens at any point in the next four years. Maybe 2024 could be a different story. Who knows what's going to happen? Hey, let's talk about if we even have a world after this COVID thing passes, you know? So there's yeah. a ways to go. Well, let's get into some of our best. I, I kind of got into a bunch already myself. I know you have, too. I, I do think she is still just one of those wisdom machines throughout this. Like, whenever she is, you know, on the book tour circuit there and she's being asked the, these these questions by, by the kids that, you know, she's having these circular roundtable discussions with or she's on stage, like, she's dropping pearls of wisdom. And I, I thought it was fascinating how she is willing to turn the question on people and basically saying, no, that's a shit question because turning everything. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Like the kid asks her, you know, you know, can you get back to your old life? When are you getting back to your old life? How badly do you want to get back to your old life? And she's like, I'm never getting back to my old life. It's different forever. I'm doing what you're doing. I'm trying to figure out what's next. And basically she turned the kid, the question on the kid in such a polite, instructive way. I couldn't believe, like, I, I get stupid questions from kids all the time. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> and I'm just like to myself, oh, God, that's a stupid question. Imagine if I had the grace <laughs> to turn that question into a teaching moment you should, uh, every you sh time. You should leave this cafeteria, son. <laughs> no, uh Out. Speaking privileges are revoked, parents. <laughs> I think that was one of her... Uh a fascinating, fascinating thing she did is how she turns it. And part of taking the high road, I guess, is is she doesn't criticize those who do against so much as she asks more from those who do for. 
And she said, you know, I don't I understand the Trump voter. This is one of the few times Trump's name came up. She said, I understand the Trump voter. What I was angry at and what disappointed me was the the minority voters and the women voters who didn't come out in 2016, who did come out for us. and They didn't come out again. And that was kind of unique and along the same lines. Like she doesn't really as much as that criticism was there and the the criticism of those who criticized her. Yes, that certainly did exist. But much more often you saw the type of leader who did turn the issue on its head and asked more of the supporters and asked for everyone to be better and do more. And I think that's a, I mean, my God, if you contrast that with the messages we've been getting out of Washington since, oh, I don't know, November of 2016 or so, it's wildly different. Uh, We're experts on reading subtext, right? At this point, I think we could say that about ourselves. And a kid asks her, how do you not feel invisible, right? And then she's like, well... You don't feel invisible if you have great parents who make you feel good all the time. That's essentially what she said. And then you don't feel invisible because you don't let yourself feel invisible. And you you don't let yourself wallow in these troubled times. And you you don't basically define your life based on these times. She says that at at the roundtable at the end of the story. He's like, get your freaking education. That's your job now, kid. Don't think about the politics. Don't wallow in all the sorrow of it all right now. And that, that was like a message, a hopeful message to get out of the documentary with and it was i i was astounded by some of the pearls that she dropped just in those interactions and i i can only imagine she's doing that on a on a daily basis basically that's me that's the lawyer in her mm-hmm. as well i think you guys are taught how to do that in many ways and how to you know turn the questions back on themselves never give a straight answer to save your life yep <laughs> okay well i mean she's got profound answers on affirmative action on the racism that they felt at the time i, I thought those were i mean those were very politically charged no doubt about it but i thought they were they were they hit at the truth of the matter and and i think i think you know this documentary is worth watching to to see that like you don't realize there's a affirmative action in in colleges just with legacy students yep. There's affirmative action with college athletes. They have a name for that. It's called scholarships. But when it's you know comes to students of color, to poor kids, that's what's called affirmative action, and that's looked on uh, negatively, right? Yeah. Uh, wow. I, I'm with you. I, I mean, she's she's someone, and it, it comes with experience. It comes with her own underlying intelligence as well. But yeah, she's someone that's got this wealth of knowledge that is just speaking so eloquently. And it, it, I could listen to her talk all day, and I thought to draw a comparison between when she is trying to, it seems, uh, levy a lesson versus when she, (laughs) the only time she did seem to speak bluntly was when she's speaking about being a sister or being a mother. And she, I'm not gonna, I I didn't want, you know, Malia and Sasha growing up thinking grown African-American men served them in tuxedos. And that's why she had the the White House butlers change their uniforms and force her kids to make, like the only time she did give direct, blunt, brutally honest answers is about child rearing and being a mother and being part of a family. And it's just, ah, my heart exploded in those moments. And and she tells a story that was pretty universal with the the, the meet cute between her and Barack Obama or the lack thereof. Yep. And but that that doesn't come until like thirty five forty minutes into this movie where Barack Obama enters the scene, and it, that was very strange. I, and I think it was very deliberate by the filmmakers where Barack Obama has maybe fifteen minutes in this movie. It's not about him. It, but it can be about her perspective of things with him, and that was right. a fascinating, right. you know, how they met story. And that was purposefully done as well. Keep it, you know, be, I, I want I the only word I can think of is belittling, but I don't want to say belittling, but belittling the role of Barack Obama within this story. 
I mean, he was basically well, relegated a, to a side character, which he should have but, been, really. He is given a big line at the end of it because she is walking away from him, and it was in that you know moment where, from everything I've read, it says that they didn't know the camera was on on them at that moment. Like they didn't even know uh, Holgren was following them. Mm-hmm. And she asked Barack, you know, do you think that was a show you'd want to see? And he's like, listen, you, you're just a great storyteller. And he basically says like, if, if you keep doing that, that's always going to be a show I'd want to see. And it was it was a, a touching moment. Oh, their and love, their love breaks my heart. It's so pure. <laughs> It was great. And and even the way she was describing her problems in the marriage, like, you know, we had babies and here he was going to the gym and then he was, and she was mad at him for going to the gym. And then she said, wait a minute, he's prioritizing himself and, and and what he needs to do because I need to do that as well. And Mm -hmm. and these kids will be fine. And, you know, we got to balance it all. I mean, it's just a great pep talk that she gives every second that, that she's out there speaking and I, I mean, this is the type like of person you want in power. Like you want, I know we're biased. Yes. We've said that, but like, this is the type of, and just the self-awareness of it all too. When they're in the, they're in one of the cars and Michelle's explaining, look, Barack and I live in an awareness that we ourselves are a provocation. And then she starts listing the names right. of all these, that now infamous victim, Michael Brown, Daniel Rice, Freddie Gray, Trayvon yeah. Martin, et cetera. Powerful. The self-awareness is, and responsibility and burden Oh my God, is that refreshing to hear? Because I'm I'm trying not to bring up Trump's name every two seconds, but we don't have that right now going through a global pandemic. We have a president right now currently who says, I take no responsibility for this matter. That yeah. sucks. It sucks to hear. It's, you know, it's the opposite, uh, the opposite political style in a way. But that's the, the cynical thing about all this is that, you know, you hearken it back to politics, you hearken it back to political style. And it's it's unfortunate that we can't, like, look at this documentary in any other way because there's there are just, starkly you know, contrasted. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're just I mean, she is preaching a sermon I want to hear right. in this story throughout this story. And even with how they handle the back half of this movie. With, you know, going from Melissa to uh, Meredith to Alan to all these people in her life, whether it's, you know, her her assistant, whether it's her fashion designer or her security guard, like and they're not talking about her. They're talking about their role in 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 the overall. And I I just thought that was fascinating how she incorporated or, or basically led and the the filmmaker incorporate, incorporated all these people's perspectives as well. And then this the latter half of this movie is not about Michelle Obama preaching things. It's about the kids having their chance to get up in front of the microphone and 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 say what who they are and how empowering that is. It's about you know the the people at the church, you know that the the woman's study there, the woman's Bible study, basically them sitting down and giving Michelle Obama advice, which they really didn't do. They basically just praised Michelle Obama. And you could see, Mike, in, in that scene, like my frustration with this whole movie, because I think they know they can't criticize her. They're not out to criticize her. They're out to praise her. And she is so frustrated with that. And her face was just like, oh, I'm, I mean, this whole project to me, for her, it's, mm. a, it's called Becoming. It's her wrestling with what to do next. Yeah, I agree wrestling with, that. I agree. with if she's the reluctant hero having to run at some point or, or not, maybe going off into the sunset. Like she literally says at the end of this movie, like it's not, you know, Barack and I don't want to stay in the spotlight. 
We, we're, well, we're that go ship has and... sailed, Michelle. <laughs> Please. <laughs> that ship has sailed because, uh, you know, I mean, even just look at the Clintons and you could say all kinds of good and bad about them, obviously, but they were still in the spotlight some 20 some odd years after they had their years in office. So I think uh, the Obamas reluctant or willing or not uh, right. are the new face of certainly the liberal movement or at least the Democratic Party for the foreseeable future. Uh, Please. I mean, we don't even have Biden if it wasn't for Barack, to be honest. So their fingerprints are going to be all over this stuff for a while. Uh, I guess we can get into final grades, Mike. Do you have more? I I think I just want to quote her, you know, takeaway at the end of the movie. She goes basically on the question of what's next in life. I mean, that's the whole thesis question for the final segment of the mm-hmm. film. She just, you know, she gives a long answer and it incorporates all the speeches made by everybody at, on her tour, et cetera, et cetera. But she basically said at the end, it's like, it gets back to mentoring others. That's what I'm going to do until oh, I'm that 90 year old woman that people just have to excuse. Come back. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but it's also terrifying to me because she's got to run at some point. Right. When does she run Mike? Like, can we just be blunt? And we, can we just say it like, Oh, like Biden's too old to fucking. If we get four years. more, if we get four more years of this, I think 2024, she's diving. In. I think it might be Don jr. Against her, to be honest. So, so Donald Trump wins and then, Michelle Obama is, is, has to be next. Right? Yeah, and I, th- I mean, I wouldn't. You know, we'll see what happens in the next. November's crucial. I mean, whatever could happen because you're talking about now another four years could be replacing RBG on the Supreme Court. If Donald Trump gets reelected, that's going to be another ultra conservative judge. And what's that going to do for the future of the country? There's a billion questions that can be asked. I would hope if she doesn't want to run, it doesn't get to the point where she feels like I have to do this. Right. Um, and we've seen recently, I mean, look at the Golden Globes a couple of years ago. We thought we were all on the verge of Oprah coming out and saying, I have to do this because nobody else, you know, something has to give. I hope we don't get to that point. And I hope if she does run, it's because she wants to and not because she feels like she has no other option. Oh, God, I just hope she runs. I'm at that point. I mean, maybe that's selfish of me. But I just I hope she gets into politics at some point. And we can read this both ways. We can read this as her basically I guess covering her bases in a way, you know, because Barack had the book before he had the, you know, the celebrity campaign Mm -hmm. and and maybe her book and then this companion piece is a major part of that. Look, if you got sick of the celebrities coming out to endorse Hillary Clinton, (laughs) you ain't seen nothing if Michelle Obama decides to run for a major office. What did she win in the landslide? I mean, that's what's got to be so frustrating about this. She's looking at the bigger picture, though. Who, look, wouldn't Hillary win in a landslide against Donald Trump? I mean, <laughs> no, but uh, you don't. I don't. Know? I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, trash Hillary, but uh, Hillary had a lot of baggage. Oh yeah, abs- absolutely. I'm just saying. You know, if you take where we were in 2016, where Donald Trump was fresh off an NBC show, and Hillary Clinton was Hillary Clinton fresh off a, a you know was Secretary of State. You know, I, there's you don't you never know in politics. You just never yeah, know. I guess you never know. So uh, yeah, I wanted to end more hopeful than that. Well. Yes, we can change <laughs> and, hope. and hope. Let's just put periods on each one of those sentences, and that'll be our hopeful ending. I guess, uh, I mean, in terms of a final grade, I mean, I'm frustrated with this doc. I love this doc. Like I said, I watched it twice in a row. I want to watch it again. I'm like a B86, I would say. I really want to give it a B plus because of its subject matter. I want to give it a higher grade, but it's I, I could see how the filmmaker had to hold back. I right. could see how everybody's having to hold back in a way. And, and that, that's a little frustrating to me, but still, like the uh, 
It's very nutritious. Let's just say this documentary is very <laughs> nutritious. We talk about vegetables, uh, vegetable movies. Like this is more than that. This is a whole balanced meal. And thank God for the Obamas. Thank God for them. And oh, please run and please, please. come back. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm like a B plus eighty eight. I don't care. I'm biased. I know it. I'm fine with it. This thing, may, I mean, this makes me feel like a ninety nine A plus. So that's you know, I'll, it's I, I just. You're not wrong. I mean, if we were just putting a, like a favorite grade on, right? That, yeah, I mean, I mean that's what it is. It. I know I'm biased, and I know I'm playing into it. And and again, I don't think, I truly don't think this is one of these impactful type things where it's going to change anyone's mind, depending on which way you're already leaning going into it. But if you are a fan of the Obamas, uh, you, I mean, this gives you something that's going to make you feel good in a time where we could all use something that makes us feel good. So yeah. uh, I think those are uh, some some words we can at least end on there. But obviously, we do want to hear your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, regardless of where you land on the political spectrum. What did you think about the becoming documentary? What do you think it was? What is the purpose of it? Is it to kick off or lay the groundwork for a campaign, or is it just used as propaganda or maybe a, a fluff or a puff piece? Uh, we want to hear from you. Let us know. You can leave us those comments. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram at mm and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com, dot com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts. If you happen to be quarantining with us, we cannot thank you enough if you would be so kind as to go on the Apple Podcast app and click the five-star review. It would give us. It would take about 10 seconds and would help us out very much. Michael, uh, you've talked about hope and, and, and <laughs> words of wisdom and, and stuff that, that breaks, picks us up and makes us feel better. So make us feel good on the way out here. Well, I, I can't do any more than she did in this documentary. <laughs> so I will be the biggest jerk on the planet if I try to, you know, one-up Mrs. Obama, the former first lady, <laughs> Probably with words fair. of wisdom. Probably so I'm fair. just going to defer. I'm going to deflect back to the documentary. Everything she said in the documentary will be my words of wisdom for today because, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I, I'm a believer if she started a cult or if this is a cult, whatever, I'm in it. I'm drinking that Kool-Aid. It is what it is. I'm honest with you folks about it. What's coming next from us? Well, we're going to continue our James Bond character study. Timothy Dalton is next. I think that'll be the next episode, but we really haven't talked about it yet because we could do another Oscar race checkpoint a lot of things have been happening we will have mike mike and oscar weekly our weekly news and variety show for you uh at some point soon again as well and and those episodes keep filling up so i, I created a lot of docs the other day i saw a that blank. Yes, i saw that well not blank docs because i started to fill them up fast so there's a lot of things we can do and uh that's good it's good for us we're 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 having fun with this so a lot more to come from us and hopefully you will be around to listen guys when reality sucks you can come watch these documentaries and get uplifted with us we are mike mike and oscar trying to make award season year round without the stuffiness we will see you very soon see you